Thanks very much. Uh, in particular, first of all, to, to Fry Group for, for joining us, our corporate member. Um, and for three or four years now, Brit Cham and, and Fry have been working in collaboration to provide information and opportunities uh, to predominantly British expats, but international, uh, international expatriates more, more generally um, that uh, are in Indonesia and around the space of organizing their taxation and investments and other, other practical considerations around finance. So we're, we're delighted to again be able to put this offering on to you. Um, there was no hes hesitation from Fry when um, I, I approached them having, having received a couple of messages from our members saying I'm stuck and what if and uh, I got a great response. Um, in terms of uh, in, in terms of our uh, Fry's representation today, if I could introduce you to Peter Webb. Um, uh, Peter has been with the Fry Group, who's just explaining, previously uh, based in in Exeter, but uh, more recently in Singapore. Thirty years experience in the accounting world, and over the last twenty two years has specialised in the international tax advising space. Uh, before joining Fry, spent 17 years with the EY Group. Um, he's a fellow of the Association of Taxation Technicians, delivers high quality UK tax advice to private clients in Singapore and around the region, as well as the uh, Middle East as well. So uh, I'll be handing the floor over to Peter. This is very much um, roundtable type format. Um, I, I understand from uh, Paddy also with the Fry Group and, and Peter that um, would sort of let things flow as much as possible after a little bit of scene setting from, from Peter. Um, if you need to speak, then uh, just unmute yourselves and, uh, and, and ask whatever questions. Um, if there isn't time today, uh, or if, if it's not possible to deal with particular issues, it might be that they're personal and sensitive and you don't want to go into detail, then Peter and Paddy are quite happy to receive uh, your inquiries and respond in more detail on a personal basis later. Okay, with that, thank you, and uh, hand the floor or the screen to you, Peter. Okay, well, thank you very much, Chris. Uh, that That's great. Uh, well, sorry, I'll say that's great. That was a really nice introduction. That's what I meant, thank you. So a little bit of scene setting first. I'm gonna talk through one or two of the basics, and then we can get into some questions that, that may arise from this. Um, so I think the first thing I'm gonna say is, why do we care? about your UK resident status. Why is that important to you? So the first thing to say is that your UK resident status, which is determined by the number of nights you spend in the UK, that's the predicating factor for your liability to UK tax. If you're not UK resident, then your liability to UK income tax and capital gains tax is pretty limited. We're only going to tax you on UK sources of income and if you've been outside of the UK for five years then the only capital gains you're still within scope of is the disposal of UK land and property so any other capital gains you make any other sources of income outside of the UK do not get taxed in the UK when you're not UK resident however if you go over the limits and you trigger UK resident status then it could be the case you're liable to UK tax on your worldwide 
income and gains as they arise. And you'll know that the tax rates in the UK are likely to be much higher than in the jurisdictions where you have much more friendly tax rates, for example, where I'm based in Singapore or indeed in the UAE, where I also advise where the, the tax rate is simply nil. I mentioned five years. That's one of the crucial numbers in terms of advising on UK residents. There is this thing called temporary non-residents. And if you're non-UK resident for less than five years, it could be the case that you're still within UK capital gains tax for other disposals you make apart from UK land and property. There's an anti-avoidance rule that means that you can't just go overseas for a couple of years, realise gains and then come back to the UK. So we might have some questions about that unanticipated. Um, the other thing I just mentioned there was the disposal of UK land and property. That's always within the charge to UK capital gains tax, irrespective of your UK resident status. And from 6th of April 2020, so a brand new rule, if you sell land or property in the UK, you have to report it within 30 days to HM Revenue, and you have to pay any tax due within 30 days as well. It's a new rule, hot off the press, it's catching a lot of people out. Okay, so maintaining a UK non-resident status your UK resident status is determined by a piece of legislation called the Statutory Residence Test. That's applied from 6th of April 2013. We like the Statutory Residence Test because it gives certainty of your UK residence position. What we don't like about it is it can be very complex. So how many days can you spend in the UK without becoming UK resident. If you're visiting the UK, you're usually based overseas. How much time can you spend in the UK? It's a little bit of a movable feast. It could be 15 nights, very low number. Could be 45 nights, could be 90 nights. Could be 120 nights, could be 182 nights. It's a very individual thing based on your personal circumstances. It could be based on the connections you have with the UK. But as a very general rule of thumb, if you're working full-time outside of the UK, and full-time work is defined by HM Revenue and Customs at 35 hours a week on average over the course of a year, probably says an awful lot about HM Revenue and Customs and how they work. But if you're doing that 35 hours a week on average over the course of a year, generally you're able to spend up to 90 midnights in the UK and have no more than 30 UK workdays and maintain that really beneficial UK non-residence status. Having said that, we do have what we call exceptional circumstances. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure you're all going to agree we're in exceptional circumstances just at the moment. So. If you're stuck in the UK because of exceptional circumstances, that 90 midnight limit could be increased and it could be increased up to 60 midnights. So it could be the case that you're able to spend up to 150 midnights in the UK this year and still be 
automatically non-UK resident. So the government do recognise the exceptional circumstances that we're in, and they've provided some specific advice around the virus. Uh, I'll just read this actually rather than try and remember it. So if you're quarantined or advised by a health professional or public health guidance says you need to self-isolate in the UK because of the virus, then those nights that you spend in the UK because of that guidance can be treated as exceptional and deducted from your day count when determining your UK resident status up to a maximum of 60 midnights in the tax year. If you find yourself advised by official government not to travel from the UK because of the virus, those exceptional circumstances will again apply. And if you're asked by your employer to return to the UK temporarily because of the virus, again, those extra nights you spend in the UK up to that maximum of 60 can indeed be treated as exceptional circumstances. What I would add to that, there's a couple of things I really want to emphasize. 60 midnights is the absolute limit of the number of nights you can deduct from your day count when determining your UK resident status each tax year for these exceptional circumstances. And it's going to be really important, I feel, that actually as soon as the exceptional circumstances are lifted, you do make effort to actually leave the UK. Ordinarily, exceptional circumstances, this, this extra deduction that you're allowed to make, can only be applied if you leave the UK as soon as you're able to after those exceptional circumstances end. My own feeling is that HM Revenue will probably be quite kind on this and a little bit lenient, but to give yourself the best chance of getting this extra, dedu extra deduction, I would suggest you do leave the UK as soon as you're able to. I think another thing that's worth mentioning in a conversation I've had with a number of clients is that the number of nights you can deduct for exceptional circumstance, uh, that's actually an extra allowance for each tax year. So the 2019-20 tax year, that began on 6th of April 2019 and ended on 5th of April 2020. So you would have been allowed to deduct up to 60 midnights in that tax year for these exceptional circumstances. And given the timing of the way things have evolved, there could well indeed be days in March, which fall into the previous tax year, that you want to deduct for exceptional circumstances. This tax year we're in now, 2020-21, that started on 6th of April 2020, finishes on 5th of April 2021. So for this tax year, we have a clean slate. So we're looking at the number of nights you spend in the UK in this tax year, 6th of April 2020 to 5th of April 2021 to determine your UK resident status this year. And you have a fresh allowance of up to 60 midnights extra for these exceptional circumstances. Okay, but in terms of scene setting, that, that's really quite a general overview. Uh, as I say, the, the statutory residence test can really be quite complex. Uh, and as Chris said, there may be personal circumstances you don't want to share. Uh, but having said a, a very general scene, 
I'm more than happy to take any questions that you may have on that and to talk through some of these issues in a little bit more detail if you'd like me to. A little bit of a judgment call, to be very fair to you. These are really quite quite amazing circumstances that we find ourselves in. So we're doing our best to apply the existing legislation with these exceptional circumstance guidelines. So in terms of what is reasonable, uh, I think it's reasonable that actually the government expect you to, to travel back to Jakarta when it's safe to do so. Um, what I would say to you as, as well is if you have some kind of just an email or documentation from a health professional in the UK advising you that, that really this is the best place to be or that you shouldn't be traveling. That's going to be very helpful for you. Okay. So I, th I think given past experience of some exceptional circumstances we've seen, uh, for example, the, the Icelandic volcano, Hayafiatja um, Jökull, uh, and the foot and mouth was another thing we saw in the UK, which caused some quite strange circumstances. HM Revenue, actually, they get a bad press, but actually they are human beings and they're really quite sensible about these things. So they're not going to expect you to travel if it's not genuinely not safe for you to do so, even if the guidance says you need to leave the UK as soon as you're able to. So that's not a very complete answer and it's not a definitive answer, but hopefully that gives you a little bit of a steer. Um, it's always dangerous when there's discretion. But mm -hmm. is, is discretion yeah. a good thing or a bad thing, Peter? I mean, is discretion yeah. used in in a, a positive and fair, balanced way, or, or yeah, that, that's yeah, that's very interesting. So, what I would do is go. You know, I've been working in tax for a long, long time now, uh, and in two thousand and one, two thousand and two, in the UK, we had uh, a foot and mouth outbreak. Uh, you may not be aware of that. Uh, but what HM Revenue decided to do was really take the foot off the pedal in terms of compliance for the farmers in the UK who were devastated by this. So they made a commitment that they wouldn't examine tax returns for a couple of years. They wouldn't challenge losses shown on those tax returns. Um, and it just gave everybody a little bit of a breathing space. And in terms of an exceptional circumstance, just showed that actually they, they can back off a little bit and not be... The, the really kind of Hector, the inspector, tax advisor, all over your tax return this time. Okay. Uh, what uh, I, sorry, Chris. No, carry on. carry on. What I would say is that the statutory residence test, as I say, it, it's a very complex piece of legislation. Now we've got a, a limit of probably 90 midnights to give you automatic non-UK residence status. But it's entirely possible to still meet the test to be UK non-resident and go over 90 midnights without needing to rely on exceptional circumstances. So just to talk you through this. So 90 midnights is likely to be the limit for automatic non-UK resident status, no questions asked if you're in full-time work abroad. If you go over 90 midnights, you then have to ask the question, have you met any of the tests that would make you automatically UK non-resident? Sorry, say that again, automatically UK resident. The automatic UK residence tests are having your only home in the UK for a sufficient period of time, starting full-time work in the UK, 
or spending 183 midnights in the UK. I won't go into the definition of those, I think they're quite self-explanatory. But if you avoid the automatic UK residence test, even though you've gone over 90 midnights, your residence status is then determined by the third and final part of the legislation. And we call this the sufficient ties test. And the sufficient ties test can be quite helpful. The sufficient ties test looks at the number of connections you have with the UK. And depending on the number of those connections, you'll then be allowed a certain number of nights in the UK without becoming UK resident. And the more connections you have, the less time you can spend, the less connections you have, the more time you can spend. If you've been outside of the UK for a while, the connections you look at are, are work, family, accommodation, and a 90-day time. Work is 40 days working in the UK. Family is having a, a spouse or dependent children who are resident in the UK. 90 days is 90 days in either of the previous two tax years in the UK. And accommodation is having available accommodation in the UK. If you've been UK non-resident for three years, then in that fourth year, when you're looking at the UK, if your UK resident status is assessed under the sufficient ties test, with two out of four ties to the UK, which could possibly be an accommodation tie, and perhaps you have to work in the UK and do 40 days working in the UK, you'll be able to spend up to 120 midnights in the UK. And the reason for explaining that is just to reassure you that if you do spend over 90 midnights in the UK, that's not the end of the story. Not only are we looking at exceptional circumstances to keep you non-UK resident, indeed, you could even be UK non-resident under the statutory, statutory residence test itself without, without needing to consider further relief. It may be the case that you have 120 midnights in the UK is your limit. It's a very personal thing. Uh, don't take that away and write it down and say, I can spend 120 midnights in the UK because Peter told me I can. Speak to me first. I'll talk you through your personal situation and between us we'll work out what your number is, your limit for being in the UK without becoming UK resident. Okay, uh, I've actually got uh, some questions that might have been asked here. Uh, no, that's fine. That was uh, that was a red herring. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, anybody got something other than a red herring? <laughs> okay. Anybody got a particular circumstance or proposition that they just like to throw at Peter? If you don't say anything, I'm talking about treaty residents, which is even even more intense. <laughs> okay, can, can we stand greater intensity? Okay, All right. Just very, very briefly, um, if you're, if you can't stay within the limits, if you do go over the limits for UK residency, and you think you've become resident in the UK, because you've just gone way over the numbers, it it might possibly not be the end of the story. That does need a really careful look at your circumstances because 
If you stayed resident in another country, it could be the case that we've got a friendly double taxation agreement with that other country. So even if you've triggered UK residency because you've gone over your limits, there may still be relief available on your overseas income under the terms of a double taxation agreement. So if that's you, if that's your situation, you just end up, you know, if this situation just goes on and on and on, and you're stuck in the UK and even 60 extra nights isn't gonna help you, then do please speak to me because there may be another way to get some tax relief for you. Okay. Okay. Uh, any, anybody else while, while Peter is on? Uh, otherwise, I think what we will need to do is assume that um, the preference is to talk about personal situations at a more personal level, yeah. uh, Paddy and Peter. Um, in which case, and unless there's any objection, uh, we will share the contact details of our guests yeah. um, with, with with Peter and Paddy, and you can enter into your own direct correspondence. I think I think Shukri was poised, um, and don't forget to unmute again. No, I was just. I was just saying thank you, and I would appreciate a private chat, that's all. I was agreeing, my thumb was up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll okay. We'll, we'll, uh, Chris, we'll send out some details in relation to an overview of statutory residency and just some of the areas um, that uh, Peter has discussed there today. Um, we, we can send that information out, and if people would like to talk to us in more detail on that, then we, we can arrange those. Uh, over the next okay. few. So, so we can we can publish that for maybe two or three issues of um, on our snapshots uh, as a link, and uh, interested parties can get in touch with you directly about their individual circumstances. Um, sure. And and just what we what we've agreed here, everybody who's on this call, is that uh, we'll we'll share your contact information with Peter and Paddy. Um, and uh, you can do any private follow-ups that you that you deem fit with them. Um, okay, uh, I, I think unless there's anything else from from you, Peter, um, clearly your scene setting set too great, too good a scene. It, it, um, it did indeed. Yeah. No, I, I'm it more was than perfectly happy. visible. <laughs> I'm more than happy to have some some private follow-up and and actually. The statutory residence test is quite a personal thing to your particular circumstances so I, I think it probably is there is real value in actually following up on an individual basis and just talking through what your own situation actually is and i think for those that are, for those that are not familiar with the fry group also an opportunity i think for you to share the depth of the service that you do provide in relation to finance taxation investment wills and and so on yes yeah. Okay, Peter, um, thanks very much. Asti, thank you for the uh, operational support from you and your team to Paddy, um, to the uh, small but very high quality gang that have uh, joined, joined us this morning. Um, there, there will be a recording of this. Peter, can I just ask you, is there anything, anything that you regard that you said a little bit uh, controversial? Can we share the recording if people ask? One thing I would say, actually, if, if this is going to be recorded, if this is going to be shared, we only advise on UK tax matters. So it's yeah. 
always do have regard to any other tax implications there may be in any other relevant yep. jurisdiction for you. Clearly made and very much understood. Um, okay, uh, with that then, thanks very much for joining us. Um, those of you who are keeping an eye on Britcham webinars, there's likely to be, not likely to be, there's a very interesting one with the DKI administration tomorrow afternoon um, talking about the policies that they are trying to implement um, and their socialization in relation to um, individual spacing and so on, it'll fitry, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we'll be joined by the uh, CEO of uh, Cussons uh, to be challenging uh, and uh, chatting over a few of those as well. So we've got the DKI administration together with um, Cussons, uh, of course, a, a very big manufacturer and uh, distributor of fast moving consumer goods. Uh, that, Paddy, Peter, thank you. Everybody else, thank you. Enjoy your evenings. And I think everybody is closing now with the, the little message to uh, follow guidance and to stay safe.